Amen. Thank you all. And uh, you know, I, I love that when we gather, just as there are diversity of instruments and songs and personalities, that there, that, oh yes, thank you, that uh, um, uh, one, there are diversity of ages of which the children are now dismissed to children in worship, <laughs> kindergarten through third grade, you're welcome to go through uh, that door, and uh, also... Um, but also just the freedom for folks to stand or sit or dance or shout or whisper. Um, and as we'll see today, I mean, we'll see really a variety of ways that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of, of God works um, in us. And I think um, I really uh, want to commend um, you because the Spirit is at work always, as we'll see in the, the passage, bringing us to maturity in Christ. And I think that's a sign of the maturity of a body of believers when folks feel free to whisper or to shout, to sit or to stand as the Spirit leads them and as they're being moved in that moment. Um, And we'll get to it as long as it's not distracting, drawing attention away from God. But that's another sermon uh, later on. But today that that wasn't and it just... uh, uh, became obvious to me in that time. So I think that's a, a real awareness there. And an awareness of you know, the reality of the Holy Spirit in, in our midst. Um, that uh, as we're going through this um, journey, we're, we're, we here in these next uh, six, seven weeks are getting to know the Holy Spirit. And that's a sign yeah, that the Spirit is not a force. Uh, a la Obi-Wan Kenobi. But it is a personal, a, a personal being, uh, um, God, the Holy Spirit. Um, the, as we understand God as Trinity, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's, that's always confusing to folks, hard um, uh, to grasp, but we understand God is in three persons, yet one God. As uh, said last week, you know, God is, is too big, too magnificent to be just one, but he's too pinpoint unified to be more than one. So we understand God as community of three in one. That's, that's what we understand the, the Trinity to be. And we understand the Holy Spirit to be one of those persons who has personality, has character, has commitments. A, a unique person of the triune God that we can get to know. And, cause, um, and, and that's really, really important because often we are overwhelmed by the Spirit. You know, we get freaked out by the, the Holy Spirit, especially, you know, you know, some uh, old timers, KJV only kind of folks will say it's Holy Ghost. You know, and that's what like, whoa, Holy Ghost, you know, is that like is it related to Casper, the friendly ghost, you know, but it's Holy Spirit, we get freaked out or as even in the passage today, we focus on just the the weird Gifts of the Spirit, you know, like speaking in tongues or, as we'll see today, uh, what's called a prophetic frenzy. And that and so sometimes what we do is we treat the Holy Spirit like a celebrity 
too. You know, well, sometimes we're weirded and we're scared, so we're sort of scared of the Spirit. Other times we're like, we're enamored by those kind of power, and we want that all the time. And we treat the Holy Spirit like a celebrity that we really don't know. But we're, you know, we, we want to fall down at their feet. We, we think we know them, like we you know, think we know Beyonce or Tom Cruise, you know, but we don't. We have no idea who they are. Even though we have this either aversion or great attraction to them. It's sort of like um, like when I was a kid and my dad would go on uh, pres- uh, trips, you know, for a week at a time, that kind of thing. And then he would regularly come home and the four of us kids, you know, we'd run, dad, dad, you know, you're home. What did you bring us? You know, that was because he'd all, whenever he'd go, he'd bring us something back. You know, and what did you, and, and there were times when he didn't bring us anything. And we, dad had been gone for a week. And we're like, oh, oh, great, okay. You know, or if he did bring us something, we took the gift and then went and played with that. And we didn't learn anything about the trip. We didn't care about who dad was in our childishness. We just wanted to know what did he bring us. And sometimes we can do that with the Holy Spirit. What are you bringing us? What what are you? What gift are you bringing? Versus, who are you? Can we get to know you, to fall in love with you, and to really understand who you are and your commitments, your character, your personality? And um, you know, and and at times, you know, in this this sense of this the the power um, of God. The, the flip side is the power of God. We can sometimes then suppress. We forget. That, that this is the, the power of God, as we talked about last week, who was brooding over the emptiness and chaos of Genesis chapter 1, who took this lifeless, formless, chaotic mess, and he then mothered that like a mother eagle over her eaglets to bring life there. And that, that's... It. If that is what God did, if there is a God, I believe there is, who from nothing created everything that is, who from nothing created life itself, and that the Spirit was the one who was the the animating force, who made life come out of nothing, then that God's going to be something beyond our capacities to put into words. And so we can say things like, yeah, he's too big to be just one, and he's too unified to be more than one. And that be true of the God who's the creator and sustainer of the universe. You know, in that way, it's sort of like, a, you know, most of us drove in a car here today. You know, in that car, in that engine, you know, there are a bunch of gasoline explosions going off. I mean, every second, that's what was happening. Just boom, 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 boom. You, 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 and you forget that. You know, the only thing we think about the car is if it doesn't work, you know, when we get in it in the morning for most of us. We just put the key in and start and forget that there are dangerous explosions going off. You know, every second there. And and we can be like that with the Holy Spirit as well. And and get focused on that and forget His very purpose. And as we'll see today, His purpose is to bring us in relationship with God. He is bringing God to us and us to God. That is the work that he's been doing even in the days of the Old Testament. Um, we're going to look at a couple passages today and sort of walk through them. So um, the, the first one is in the book of Exodus, chapter 36. Um, uh, it's found on, uh, or page, I'm sorry, chapter 35, 
uh, found on page 72. But if you turn to 36, it's the one right before it. Um, and we'll and we'll walk through it. So if you want to keep your if you're one that likes to walk through the the Bible, then you know, keep it out or on whatever form you have, and we'll um, uh, sort of walk through this and just take a look at some of the times that the Spirit shows up in the Old Testament, and it's clear to us what the Spirit is going. And then we'll distill from that. Well, what what is the personality? What are the commitments? What is the essence of God, the Holy Spirit, um, in us? So let's let's pray. Almighty God. Uh, we ask that you, your Holy Spirit, who is within us, uh, would enlighten us, would connect us with you, would renew us, speak to us in this time, uh, encourage us or convict us, um, but lead us to you. We, we need to hear from you. We hear all kinds of voices all the time. Help us as we look at your word, even not only to hear you, but to learn how to hear you. Uh, so that as we leave from here and that we're discerning what uh, is the, the work of your Spirit always pointing us to you? Or what is the work of our own sin, our own making up, or the world around us, or the devil himself? So speak to us, lead us, train us, um, form us in this time. In Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, Exodus uh, chapter 35. Now, um, uh, a number of these initial ones are going to be talking about Moses and Israel. And, you know, some of, many of you may know the st- initial story of Israel in, in that they were, uh, and Moses, they were in uh, uh, Egypt. They were slaves. And then Moses was one of God used to lead them out of Israel into freedom. And that, in, that story, really, those events of the Old Testament, is, is really, the, in, in a sense, the, the story that is ours and that just repeats itself over and over. We get ourselves into slavery, and God leads us out into Him, to Himself. Um, and, and that's what's uh, happening here. And if you want to know more about Moses, you can go and read through Genesis and Exodus, or you can go uh, check out the movie The Ten Commandments or Prince of Egypt. Well, both of those sort of tell that, that story. Depends if you like animation or not. Those are two good, good places to go and look and get that story and then come and read Genesis and Exodus um, to, to hear that. So, um, so anyway, now Moses has led the people out of uh, slavery and they are now forming into a people that are to be God's people. And this is a rather unique and odd particular story, but one where we see the Spirit come on in order to provide the means for all the people to engage with God and for God to be present among the people. All right, um, verse 30. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has... Co- oh, oh, and what happened was that uh, Moses, he was getting worn out. Um, and, uh, um, and, oh, that, and, and, and so he's, uh, God is going to be providing different gifts and different abilities for folks um, to provide this place. So here, here's what it is. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. He has filled him with divine spirit, with skill, intelligence, and knowledge in every kind of craft to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood in every kind of craft. And he has inspired him to teach both him and Oholiab, son of Abisamach of the tribe of Dan. 
He has filled them with skill to do every kind of work done by an artisan or by a designer or by an embroiderer in blue, purple, and crimson yarns and in fine linen or by a weaver, by any sort of artisan or skilled designer. So here, Bezalel and Aholiab are craftsmen. They've been given certain skills and ability, and now we're told the Spirit comes upon them so that those gifts and abilities are used to make the temple of God among God's people. This is the the temple in the Old Testament. That's the, the, the building where God resided among His people. It was a sign, and it was the actual presence of God in their midst. Now, in the the New Testament, the temple is you and me and us. We are now the place where God resides, where God lives on the earth, in us, in a unique and special way. The the Apostle Paul makes that clear, that the temple was a building in the Old Testament, now it's a people in the New Testament. So the work of the Spirit then and now is to do the work in the temple, to build the temple so that the temple can house God and be God's presence, visible presence among the the world, the people of the world. That the, the Spirit is always working using all different kinds of gifts and abilities. These, these um, two um, weren't trained in the Torah or anything like that that we know of. But they were given certain skills and abilities. Do you, do you think about that with your skills, your abilities, and wherever you are, with the work of your hands, that you are tasked with those and as the Spirit fills you so that the work that you do, whether you, you write, you build, you sing, you, you play... You speak, what, what you do is an outpouring of the Spirit to demonstrate the presence of God in the world. Whether that's at work, whether that's at home, or it's just in your personal life. Because that's why the Spirit came upon these two. In order for God to demonstrate His presence. In our midst. All right, now the, the, the second one, the second passage then is uh, in Numbers chapter 11. And this is uh, where what, what's happening here is that the, the people, again, they've been called out of Egypt, uh, moving out of slavery into the promised land. And now, the, and the, the, again, the burdens are becoming too much for Moses, and he's crying out, God, you've got to bring me help. And so we'll pick up in verse 16 of Numbers 11, uh, 113 in your pew Bible, the very bottom right-hand corner, where the Lord said to Moses, Gather for me 70 of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tent of meeting and have them take their place there with you. I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people along with you, so that you will not bear it all by yourself. Then uh, jump down to verse 26 there. Two men, so this happens, and there are two men then who remain in the camp uh, of the whole group of the 70. Two men remain in the camp, one of them named Eldad and the other Medad. 
So isn't it cool? You don't have to take any of those four names um, that we've listed so far, but the same spirit. And the spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out of the tent. And so they prophesied in the camp. This is what you'll see, and we'll talk about this a little more, that often when the Spirit comes upon those that God is, and we'll see in here, is placed in a position of leadership, a place of influence, then it's to prophesy. It's to bring forth God's Word, whatever that Word might be, or to bring forth God's presence to the people that are gathered there. Um, but we'll, again, we'll talk more about that. And a, a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, son of Nun, the assistant of Moses, one of his chosen men, said, My Lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to them, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. So there's some sense here in this day that the the spirit is coming upon some of the people, particularly to be prophets, to speak forth God's word to God's people and to the world. And that that now what we know and we'll we'll see this um, uh, particularly at the end uh, today, but you just have to trust me um, for right now. Um, is that this the spirit that then God was sort of bringing in certain ways now falls upon all people who are followers of Jesus. That the the, the influence that God's spirit has upon us is to then be given to others. And that, that's the, the same uh, for you and me, wherever we are. One of the, the big questions that I have for us and it, as we apply this individually, as we look at this, who are the people that God is bringing across your path that you're to have influence on for His glory? I mean, who, who are the people there? I mean, you don't have to start a new relationship at all. It, it can simply be with the people around you. I mean, for, for parents, it's children. For ch- children, maybe it's parents. Grandparents, aunts and uncles, co-workers, folks that are employees or folks that are employers, folks where wherever you play, whatever you're there, and and you're the temple of the Spirit, and the Spirit is upon you and upon me for to have influence to bring forth God's presence there. It doesn't have to be in the church. Now, that's also true in the church. That's for those that are deacons and elders, as we'll talk in a minute, those that lead in, in the worship, those that are other teachers, or for a number of you that, that serve in other specific ministries at, at, over at Pleasant Hill or with, uh, at City Gospel or City Link or with Young Life. I mean, there, there is no place that, that you go that the Holy Spirit doesn't go in and with you. And this is his personality. This is his, this is his heart to continue to demonstrate God's presence in our midst. And it is through you and me. So where, who is that place? Who are those people that, that God has you there for those purposes? And, and again, it's not only the work that you do, but then the influence over uh, others as well. Now, one of the interesting, we don't have to, to turn to this one. I don't think I gave this one uh, yeah, to you guys um, up there, but Judges six thirty three thirty. For those of you that note takers and like to go check up on me, which I really appreciate, continue to do that. Um, and uh, but uh, it's in Judges six thirty three to thirty five. It's the story of Gideon, and uh, um, we'll we'll see here that the the Spirit's going to come on Gideon to particularly again lead God's people to to speak um, to them. Uh, then um, 
all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east came together, crossing the river Jordan. They encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord took possession of Gideon. And he sounded the trumpet. And the Abyssalites were called out to follow him. He sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, and they too were called out to follow him. And he also sent messengers to Asher and Zebulun and Naphtali, and they went up to meet them. Now, what I want you to see here is how the Spirit here is calling Gideon then to have influence over the people and to lead them in this tumultuous time, in this uncertain time, to blow the trumpet, to to call them, to encourage them, to support them, to bring them together, encountering God, following God with the words of encouragement, or with the trumpet sound of encouragement, and then community, as more and more people were were gathering. That's why Gideon was there. Now, what's interesting here, and you'll see it says the Spirit, the Lord took possession of Gideon. This is a word where the this where we're, it's like the this uh, the word there is the same word that's used when you put on clothes. So it's like the Spirit put on a shirt. The Spirit put on Gideon. And you see this a couple times in the Old Testament that the Spirit is putting on Gideon. Now in the New Testament, we'll hear where he talks about. We're filled with the Spirit. And I think these are closely related. But a number of times you see how the, the Spirit puts us on and then leads, influences, encourages. That's another thing in the New Testament. Again, we'll talk about that. You see how, and we even sang about the Comforter, Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Encourager. And well, this encouragement is what the Spirit's doing here to help us to follow, to encourage us, because it is a challenge to follow Jesus. It's a challenge to walk with God, and the Spirit is always there encouraging. Now, on the other hand, the, the Spirit is also there helping us to follow by correcting us, you know, which is what, um, uh, why uh, Penny was, was right on, you know, that the, the sign that we're convicted, the sign that we have experienced guilt for doing what is wrong is actually a great thing because that's a sign that the Spirit is, is working in us, is drawing us to Him, is, is leading us um, to God because God always leads us to what is good. And uh, but but just want you to know that so this sense of when we put on or when the spirit puts us on to help and encourage and support others in following after Christ. There are also times that he does that to bring correction. And uh, you can check this out. Second Chronicles 2420. Zechariah, the same word here where he the spirit put on Zechariah. So he would go to, to King Joash to speak a word of God, a word of correction of what Joash needs to do. And Joash did not like that clear word of correction. So he had Zechariah exterminated, killed, beheaded. So some of you, you were getting excited. Cool, I can feel the spirit. I can correct some folks around us. Just want you to know, Zechariah did exactly what he was called to do. But this is where it, it led. And that there is a cost following the Spirit, for the Spirit to be clothed in me and you and bring word of correction. And it's also a sign that the Holy Spirit is at work ultimately to mature us in Christ, to point us to God, not to make our lives happy, prosperous, live long and prosper kind of situations. May lead us into real challenging places. And we'll see 
Well, let's see a couple things next week when we look at Jesus. You know, the Spirit came upon Jesus, and the Spirit led him into the wilderness for 40 days without eating in the very presence of the devil. So, so this, but, but this is at work. The Spirit is at work in order to bring about maturity in the body, in the people of God. Now, um, uh, another um, way that the Spirit leads us, so not, not just to bring forth the Word of God to us, whether it's encouraging or correcting, but also, and this is a, a neat um, just a exploration and a little bit of discovery uh, for me in, in studying this, it also fills us, or we're, puts us on to encourage us to speak to God. He, he enables both parts of the relationship, not just for God to speak to us and then through us, but also enabling us to speak to God in uh, worship. So what, uh, if you'll turn to 1 Samuel chapter 10, um, starting with verse 5. And, and this is the call of King Saul. All right, so again, Israel's moving through. They left the promised land. Moses led them now. They're moved in. They're becoming a nation. And now they're ready for a king. And so Saul becomes the first king. Samuel is the prophet who's going to anoint um, Saul here. And, and this is Samuel describing what Saul is about to experience as he is going to be um, named the king. All right, verse, verse 5 um, After that, you shall come to Gibeath Elohim at the place where the Philistine garrison is. There, as you come to the town, you will meet a band of prophets coming down from the shrine with harp, tambourine, flute, and lyre playing in front of them. So these are a band of prophets, all the instruments here. They will be in a prophetic frenzy. Then the Spirit of the Lord will possess you, and you will be in a prophetic frenzy along with them and be turned into a different person. Now when these signs meet you, do whatever you see fit to do, for God is with you. And you shall go down to Gilgal ahead of me, and then I will come down to you in present burnt offerings and offer sacrifices of well-being. Seven days you shall wait until I come to you and show you what you shall do. So here, you see, the saw is the king, and the the, the Spirit is going to come upon them. And again, to prophesy, to speak forth God's Word. But in this case, you know, it's with a band, with a, folks with a, bunch of, with a bunch of instruments, and therefore playing the instruments and, and singing. And this particular word for prophecy, there's a couple of them in the Old Testament, is almost is regularly used with instruments. And so it's the, the spirit that comes upon in terms of instruments, in terms of voice, in terms of singing, in terms of leading us to praise God. So not just word through us to one another, but words and experience that the spirit does so that we are praising God as well. That's why as we, we gather and the, the Spirit is at work among us when we praise God. That is the Spirit of God at work. Now, just so you know, and this is one of those situations. Remember what I said, you know, the Spirit comes in different ways. Subtle ways and other ways that are, seem sort of weird. And this is one of those with this prophetic frenzy. But again, lest you just want a prophetic frenzy all the time, sometimes they're challenging. Because what happens the next time Saul has this kind of prophetic frenzy is when he is being dismissed as king. That David is now being called to, to take his place because of his own 
uh, disobedience. Because the Spirit is at work in, to lead us to God, to help us mature in God. But he doesn't leave us then um, just to our own devices. He, he also empowers us then to obey. He empowers us to walk with God, to, to, to face the, the, the opposition of our own sin, of the world around us, of the work of the evil one. He empowers us on that journey. Um, uh, Penny uh, read from Psalm 51 during, our again, our time of confession. Where we purposely put ourselves in a place of trying to listen. Okay, Spirit, where are you convicting? Where are you warning? Where are you taking me from my own destruction to lead me back to life? Where are you taking me from, from being enslaved to sin? You showing me that so that I might confess and receive from you and walk in the ways of life. Well, did you, you hear the ministry of the Holy Spirit in that? And uh, uh, again, Psalm 51, starting with verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. One of the few times in the Old Testament that you find those two words together, Holy Spirit. And you see how it's related to His presence. You know, we, we want you here. Don't, don't respond to my own sin by removing yourself from me. But restore to me then the joy of your salvation. Sustain to me a willing spirit. You know, and that, that's, so that again, that, that spirit is coming. He's empowering us. He's enabling us, convicting us and enabling us to then walk in the way of God. And, and that joy, even in our own um, failure and own rebellion. But get this, he doesn't stop there. And this is a key, verse 13. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. See, the, the spirit is at work in me and you um, so that we can be a God's presence. We experience God's presence. That God's presence isn't removed from us, not just so we can walk with God and, and have him be our rock and protector and our provider, which he is all the way. But also so that then we can be active elements of his presence to those outside. So that then, see, that's what he's saying. So then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. The most significant element of my and your ministry is our relationship with God that then flows to others around us. David sees that. That's the work of the Spirit. He is flowing in a, being God's presence in us to others, challenging us, encouraging us. So that then we are the conduits of that grace and mercy. All right. Finally, um, and that's not a preacher's finally. That, that's a real finally. The last passage, Isaiah 63. And, and this, this one maybe encapsulates almost um, the, well, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit through the events of the Old Testament. Particularly through the, the people of God in Israel. Um, and, and just... Uh, Start with verse 7. It's found on page 605 in your pew Bible. But Isaiah 63, 7 through 14. I will recount the gracious deeds of the Lord, the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, because of all that the Lord has done for us, and the great favor to the house of Israel, that He has shown them according to His mercy, according to abundance of His steadfast love. 
For he said, surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely. And he became their savior. In all their distress, it was no messenger or angel, but his presence that saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. (coughs) But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. You You don't grieve a force. You grieve a person. You don't just grieve a power. You, you, you grieve, we grieve God. <clears throat> so therefore, he became their enemy. He himself fought against them. Then they remembered the days of old of Moses' sermon. So you see, he even fought against him so that they would repent and turn back. Every work of God, even when he convicts us, is so that we will turn back to God. That is the work of the Spirit. That is very hard. Then they remembered the days of old of Moses, his servant. Where is the one who brought them up out of the sea with the shepherds of his flock? Where is the one who put within them his Holy Spirit? So the Spirit wasn't just upon Moses and upon me, dad, and no dad, and El dad, and all the dads, all the rest that were there. But even upon the people that were there, the people of Israel. Who caused his glorious arm to march as the right hand of Moses who divided the waters before them to make for himself an everlasting name. Remember, dividing the waters. And what divided the waters? It was a mighty wind. Wind's the same word for spirit. Who led them through the depths. Like a horse in the desert, they did not stumble. Like cattle, they go down into the valley. The Spirit of the Lord gave them rest. Thus, you led your people To make for yourself a glorious name. This is the the work of the Spirit to lead God's people. To lead Israel. To follow Him out of slavery into the promised land. It is His work to lead us from our own enslavement. to, To lead us into that place of rest. Into that place of rest in and with Him. To mature and to grow in Him. I mean, that, that ultimately is the, what we see throughout this, just this Sunday and last Sunday. We see the maturing power of the Spirit of God. He is maturing us, deepening us, strengthening us in God. We saw it in creation. You know, he took the elements, that, the void that was there, and what did He do? He brought life. He matured creation and life. He's doing that in us. That is His very heart. And we'll see next week that He's doing it in Jesus. The Spirit comes upon Jesus to lead Him in his, the fullness of His humanity to grow in stature and honor among God and humans. That's the, the power, the work of the Holy Spirit within us. So I invite, I invite you back to that and one of those questions b- before. But, uh, you know, of one, who are the people around you that God has placed there? Again, you don't have to develop a single new relationship. It's just there are folks around you that God has you there to be that influence whether it's an encouraging word, 
like Gideon, whether it's a challenging word, or whether it's to, to both or whomever it is to sing, to praise, to worship God together. Or maybe it's in the very work of your hands to demonstrate the very presence and goodness of God in the work that you are doing. Where is as well that spirit at work in you? Leading you to life. The, the people, the things around you that are speaking God's word to you. that the, the spirit's presence and voice, just as you are to others, others are to you. And where's, where's he doing that? To encourage, to support, or to challenge. The Holy Spirit loves us so much that he wants us to be everything that God has created us to be. And so he is at work in and through and even in spite of us so that we will be all that God's created us. We will mature to being all that God's created us to be. Amen.